I don't, I'm not sure how close I am to the finish line, probably a couple of kilometers, but, uh, and you don't know how, how bad I just want to quit right now. I've been a radio personality for over a decade, a job that's repeatedly pushed me out of my comfort zone. Because of that, I've grown in ways that just didn't seem possible. But I realize there's still plenty of work to do. As they say, if you're not growing, you're dying. So together, let's grow that comfort zone. I'll show you it is possible. You're going to hear me get uncomfortable, and I challenge you to do the same. Welcome to Comfort Zone Chronicles, where actions truly speak louder than words. I'm Steve, once again joined by Dave Crookshank. Hello, hey there. sir. How's it going? I am very, very well. Good. In the words of Olivia Newton-John, let's get physical. Okay, I gotta go. <laughs> A lot of people may not uh, get that reference, but I highly suggest you YouTube that music video from the 80s. You will be thoroughly entertained. But no, seriously, let's get physical. I have this great idea to run a half marathon, and I've never even run anything close to a half marathon before. Now, do you know how how long a half marathon is? Uh, I think I've run for the bus once, and I think it almost killed me. So half marathon has got to be, what, five, six kilometers? Uh, I, I don't, <laughs> just, just a few more, 21 kilometers. Oh, my God. And you have to run this? 21 kilometers straight. People do this for, I would I would guess, pure entertainment or just to prove that you could. Kind of like well, the mountains there, I should climb it. There's 21 kilometers in front of me. I guess I should run it. So that amount of mileage, just does that just scare you? I can't. I, I, my, my limited brain can't even imagine the length of that on two feet. It, to be honest, I really can't either. It's... <laughs> I've never really put any serious thought into a 21-kilometer run. I've done some 5Ks. I've done some 6K races over the years. I don't think I've ever run more than 10K in my life. That's about 15 minutes on my motorcycle. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And that seems like a long time. Um, Wow. Running 21K. I mean, obviously, people do marathons. They do them all the time. But Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know anyone who does, and that's kill me i was part of the medicine at running club here years and years ago uh so i knew i've known people who have accomplished this feat but it's not something you just kind of dive into one day like you don't wake up tomorrow morning and say you know what half marathon sounds good from what i understand like eight weeks if you're in you know a decent shape eight weeks would probably be a good training window before you even attempt something like this. So. Eight weeks. It would take me eight weeks to walk 21 <laughs> kilometers, I think. Yeah. So before we, we get into that, I think it might be worth just kind of diving in to my fitness past. I'm going to say a couple things like this statement right now. As a 35-year-old man, at this very moment, I can honestly say I'm in my best, in the best shape of my life. Now, I'm not saying that to brag or anything, but I think it puts some context to the situation if we go back to, uh, let's start with, with grade school. Like, of course, we had gym classes in grade school. I played a little baseball, little league for like a couple years, but quit that as soon as I could. Uh, but I never really did anything physical. Even when I got to grade 10, we had to take a gym or physical mm-hmm, education. Mm-hmm. We had to take it in grade 10, but after that, it was an option. 
well, I, I didn't see any use for that. So when I get into college, that's where things kind of change. I'm, I take broadcasting, so there's no real physical requirements. And I'm in college, so there's always beer around <laughs> and fast food and partying. So that would basically sum up uh, two years of college with a little broadcasting in there. So it's safe to say I probably put on a few pounds uh, in two years of college. You're still pretty skinny. Oh, well, now. So, and then I get my <laughs> oh, first I job. See. Let's fast forward to uh, late 2006. Graduated from college. I get my first broadcasting job in a uh, little city in northern Alberta, Grand Prairie. And this is where social, you know, I'm not a very social media type guy, but this is where it really impacted my life late 2006 when Facebook was really taking off I guess I kind of reconnected with a guy I hadn't seen since junior high and I always remembered him as the uh, the fat kid in the class to put it <laughs> not politely I guess so I reconnect with him on Facebook and all of a sudden I'm seeing pictures of this guy just jacked oh wow like muscular bench pressing more than I could even imagine wow so that had me thinking, maybe I should uh, turn some things around in my life. Weighed myself at that particular time in my life, uh, I was about 220 pounds. So January 2007, that's when I decide I'm going to start doing some, some physical activity. And I, I kind of smoked at the time too. Not a heavy smoker, but you know, casual, have mm -hmm. a few drinks kind of smoker. I remember in January 2007, I ran down a road for three minutes and I just couldn't believe that I had ran that far for three minutes was a huge accomplishment for me. <laughs> and after that, I, you know, started going to the gym and made some progressions here and there and ended up doing a couple of, uh, that led me to the 5k race. I've done a few of those and 6k. I actually met my wife, uh, during one of these races. That's how I met her. We, we ran a race together. And so it's been kind of a, Feeling out process, trying different things to get physical over the years. So how do you feel after running 6K? 6K. Last time I did a 6K race was a few years ago. Uh, that usually takes about 25, I'd say roughly between 25 and 30 minutes. And especially in, in our city here, there's uh, what's called College Avenue Hill. She's, uh, she's no picnic to even walk up <laughs> and yeah. to run up this thing. That's how that race kind of finishes this. It's called the Rattler Run. And once you get to the top of that, like you're just gassed, man, you, there's very little gas in the tank and you have to push through. So by the time I finish that, I, I'm just exhausted, but it's, I found that five, six Ks in the past have been, you know, very difficult to, to finish. Okay. So now that I'm thinking about, uh, this 21 K, I decided to give it a shot last week before, you know, I wanted to get a baseline before we recorded this. So exactly one week ago today, I decided to go run on the highway, uh, not too far from where my work is. So I did a seven kilometer stretch wow. flat surface on the highway. And I was kind of surprised that I was not that affected by it. I was able to run 7K and not really winded. You know, I, it was a leisurely pace, nothing, you know. When you say running, fast. it's jogging, right? Yeah, it's, I'd it's, say a light <laughs> jog. So not maybe quite a run, but you know, something just to get me going. So after I did that, uh, I was feeling pretty good. So this past Sunday, I decided let's 
step up the game. So I picked out a, a nine and a half K route, uh, which had a little bit more elevation change, a little more hill there. And uh, I ran nine and a half K on Sunday in just under an hour. Really? Wow. And I have to, I think that is the longest I've ever run in my life. And it wasn't too bad. Like, I mean, I was not out of breath uh, completely, but you know, my legs were sore, but I managed to get through it, which honestly surprised me. And I guess I should mention this uh, going back just over a year and how I kind of started this saying that I am kind of in the best shape of my life. And that's probably why uh, I, it wasn't too much of a problem to do these these uh, runs last week. So rewind to February 29th, 2020, just before everything hit the fan with COVID-19. This is the kind of a game-changing day in my life because uh, I started that day meeting up with some friends for lunch and had several beers over that lunch hour and then uh, went home to watch a hockey game grab some beers so I had four more beers while I'm watching the hockey game and then went to uh bur- isn't your wife's birthday around this time of year uh yeah early march yeah i think it might have been your wife's birthday surprise birthday party oh last year yeah 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 i'm pretty sure it, it was, was le- it was leap year last year yeah yeah it was the leap year yeah okay. so it was your wife's surprise birthday party <laughs> that okay. i ended up going to for a bit and chugged a bunch more beer there and then <laughs> went to what's the, called the alberta food and beverage expo which is essentially just a whole bunch of breweries and restaurants set up in a giant right. pavilion and give you samples so i went to that drank some more and then went to a bar after and drank some more. So February 29th, 2020 was a complete write-off where I drank <laughs> literally all day. And I uh, went home. I threw up in the toilet and woke up uh, the next morning completely hungover. And I thought to myself, I got to, you know, take a break here. <laughs> this, that's just getting way out of control. And my plan was to just uh, take an extended break from alcohol which is i've done that in the past i do it all the time people who know me know that i've done that so i said okay well i'll take a month or two off alcohol but then the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. and then i had a choice to make like i could really just use the pandemic as an excuse to to keep drinking or let's change something here and thankfully i still had access to some gym equipment i know gyms shut down uh, but I, I still had some access to gym equipment. So I decided, okay, no more booze. Let's really focus on my body. So that's why this these runs I did last week, I think, uh, didn't affect me as much as it could have if I had just, you know, kept drinking and then all of a sudden, you know, okay, let's run a 21-kilometer race. So that's the point I'm at right now. I'm in pretty decent shape. I've always been a shape. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think the shape is more round. I am what you would what you would classify as a rotund individual. Oh. Um, so it's uh, yeah. So the idea of, of doing that much physical exertion over a short period of time, um, yeah. That wow. Yeah. I mean, I have respect for people who who can do that. Like the Boston Marathon. That's obviously Ooh. a half marathon. A regular marathon has to be forty two. Forty two yeah, kilo- kilometers or miles. Kilometers. Kilometers. Right? Yeah. Uh, what does that translate into miles? Is that fifty miles? No, no, it'd be less miles. Less miles, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> Guess we should have done the conversion before we started, but... Yeah. 
Because um, uh, one point six kilometers is a mile, if I'm not mistaken. Something right, like that's that. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I think. Actually, I don't know what to expect out of a twenty-one kilometer. Yeah, I race. was just going to ask. You know, what are your expectations if you can do nine kilometers and not really break a? I mean, not. I shouldn't say break a sweat, but at the end of it, feeling okay. Yeah. Um. You know, doubling that, so that's two hours, and then, and then another one. That's three hours <laughs> of a solid run. You're gonna have to get some good shoes, I think. I think, yeah, yeah. As I'm look, I just quickly googled yesterday. You know, training for half marathon. That was one of the points. Like, you're gonna need two pairs of shoes, and the shoes I've been using right now are already a year plus old, so they're getting worn down. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to get new shoes to do this. Can you get those shoes with the little toes that you know the? <laughs> I think those things are ugly. I don't know what they're for. I don't know. trail running, but yeah, you won't. You won't see me in a pair of shoes like that. <laughs> uh, but the the average time, I guess, for a decent athlete for a half marathon, uh, one hour, 55 minutes, and 26 seconds. I don't know why they broke it down into seconds like that. But basically, if I can do this under or around two hours, I think that's, that's so good. that's the average time? For a man, I should say. Uh, I think it was slightly higher uh, average time for a woman, but... For a half right. marathon for a man, an hour 55. What's the record, I wonder? Oh, dear Lord. I was looking, uh, just going back to like a 10K, which I basically ran on Sunday in just under an hour. Like, I think it was uh, around a half hour. Mm. So the record, double, double the speed. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people, they can just like put the jets on and run that whole thing. Yeah. That, that's not going to work for me. But I think I was within the average time for like a... A 10K, which is good. Running a marathon is never about coming first anyway. I don't think for anyone. Yeah. Really, unless you are that super competitive, high athletic person whose goal is to come first in the marathon. If you're like sponsored by Nike or something. Right. You know, and your paycheck might depend on finishing (laughs) first. Yeah. Sure. But no, for a lot of people, I think it's just about saying that you you did it. I think that's basically the result of my 5Ks and the 6Ks I've done. You know, I've pushed myself to do it. Just, you know, kind of say that I've done it. So <clears throat> you're planning on just creating your own route and just running it on your own. I think that's the plan right now because, again, with COVID, I, there's not that I could find offhand any half marathons happening anytime soon. And if they are, it's kind of a virtual event where you just, I don't know if they give you the route or you make up your own and run 21 kilometers. So yeah, I think that's, that's going to be the plan right now is to uh, just map out a 21 kilometer route and, and run it. There's a little town, not too far from where we are right now, seven persons. And I kind of already, already did a preliminary Google map measuring distance so from there to kind of the start of our city medicine hat it's it's ballpark 21 kilometers so it'd be a straight run then you're not planning ups and downs and dipsy doodles and loops and there is a slight elevation elevation change but i think i can i might be able to alter it down a secondary highway that would give me a little more elevation Mm -hmm. and uh we'll play around with that like i'm not committed to any certain route right now but I think that's the way we're going to have to go is just... I mean, you make sense. You might as well plan your route 
to go from wherever to like your house and then you don't have to get picked <laughs> up <laughs> just the, well the way i have it mapped out right now it would end at um there's a cemetery on the edge yeah. of of the city it would kind of end right around there so yeah and that's where the ambulance will meet you <laughs> that or they can just roll me into a grave at the end of it <laughs> yeah we'll just the, have it pre-dug <laughs> somebody <laughs> dig it out yeah i'm not sure if nervous is the word but this is something that i've always kind of even running a 10k race is something i've put off because it just seemed like a lot of work i've had the option of running 10k races around the city but it's just like yeah i could do 10k but the 5k is right there and i've done that before so and even with this run i this 9k nine and a half k run i did that's already getting out of my comfort zone because that's something i i'm i'm sure this is the longest i've ever run in my life is nine and a half kilometers straight so i've already got out of my comfort zone and we're gonna push that (laughs) a hell of a lot more with 21k I am sitting with a fitness guru who is the fitness coordinator for the City of Medicine Hat. Also has an occasional uh, column in the paper. Yes. And one of the best names, in my opinion, Ed Stiles. Thanks for being here. Appreciate the invitation, Steve. So we're going to talk about running, but before we get into that, let's just get to know you uh, a little bit better. I mean, physical activity has basically been a part of your life i would say like yeah. let's go before university growing up yeah some of us are born to move and my mom was a figure skating pro and dad played some hockey and so you know my brother and i we didn't do any sitting around there wasn't a lot of tv there was just activity so it's you know some of us are blessed that we need to move and so when people talk about oh you got to get regular activity some of us it's easy okay so then you go to the university of alberta get a bachelor of physical education right on early 90s you graduate and then take us from there and then i, I so post-graduation i got my clinical exercise physiologist designation which uh this is why i take a lot of referrals from docs and phys and chiros so just that extra world of rehabilitation and prehabilitation and helping people with their various injuries so I take it you're not the kind of guy who leaves here goes home and sits on the couch you know <laughs> spend a weekend on the couch like you're Pretty physical, right? We were out in Kimberley last weekend after I'd taught a class on Thursday, drove to Kimberley, skied downhill the whole next day, cross country skied the next day, cross country skied the next day, shoveled a deck, chopped some wood. <laughs> I, I think I drive most people crazy, so the people that were with me all had a nap in the afternoon, and I, yeah, if I'm in the mountains, I kind of have to move, so. You've helped probably thousands of people in, in the few decades you've been doing this. Three decades, coming up here pretty quick, yeah, <laughs> and I'm only 20, which is so weird. Well, you're looking damn good, yeah, by the stop way. stop it with that, stop it. <laughs> So who would typically come to Ed Styles and say, I need help with this or with that? Uh, across the board. I mean, yeah, everybody. I, I've trained a lot of athletes in the day. Uh, I've trained a lot of, in fact, I consider almost all people who want to come and get better athletes. Anyone, the, the pursuit for improving your physicality is makes you an athlete. And so uh, everyone from five years old to 92. Okay. You've actually <laughs> Literally 92. You bet. Yeah. How do I get my hip feeling better? You know, my aunt actually was 82 and she got her hip replacement and she was skiing till 84 based because she did the exercises. She did not give up on asking her body to improve. And to this day, I visited her last weekend and she still switched on. 
Really? So is there cases where, I mean, there's probably certain cases where you can't fix it, but if people put in the work for like the hip you're talking about, you bet, is yeah. it possible? To- it, well, it's possible, you know, again, we can't go back in time, uh, but really giving people quality of life so they can get up and down their stairs so they can retain their independence so they can come back from an ACL injury and maybe not play in the NHL, but maybe have a functional life the rest of their days, right? So that's all part of it is, is moving forward. So what I'm getting is movement is probably key with you. Movement is medicine. Movement. The human body is designed for movement. Every system and organ is improved by it. And uh, lack of movement is the opposite. We wither and waste away. So I absolutely am a proponent of uh, get off our butts and move. So is that just anything, just like a five-minute walk? Or, I mean, probably a good starting point. It's all good. In fact, yeah, the, because we're talking about running today, I always start that conversation with walking because if you can't walk five kilometers and not feel pain, then you likely have no business running because the added impact, et cetera. So uh, walking water, I mean, I started a walk to wellness class here, or walk, sorry, walk to health class here, and a lot of our pool people came up, and some of them could stay, but some of them have joint degradation at this point in their lives that the pool is their place. So really, you know, I say never give up, but I also say at some point you got to find what works for your body and the time you have to invest to make it better. So running, I come to you like I just did. I say, hey, Ed, I'm thinking about doing a half marathon, 21.1K, I think it is. Uh, What's the first thing you say to me? I say, let's look at how you move. So if I stand you up and I watch your squat form and both feet splay out in a duck position, I say, oh, you're going to have a tough time. You're going to beat your arches to heck. You're going to beat the medial knee to heck. Uh, You're going to have a tough time running a half a marathon. So we do a quick little mechanical assessment looking at uh, where your weak links. Do we need to loosen your hip flexors, which if your whole job is sitting, then we probably do need to loosen them a little bit. Do we need to strengthen your glutes because you've been sitting and you have gluteal amnesia and they're not firing properly. So, you know, literally a few fundamental movements we look at um, and then we say, yeah because you do walk so you mentioned earlier that you in fact do walk so the likelihood of you being able to stand a 5k to start with uh, is much better when people come to me and they say I want to run and I go well let's watch you walk and you go let's not run into that so to speak ha ha Uh, right, is we want to get your mechanics sound first because if we add the volume and intensity that running brings, the impact phase, we've got to be careful. So I have done 5Ks in the past. I think six was probably the most I did. Moonlight run in Lethbridge. Love it. What a great run, hey? Yeah, going up the hill That's a tough hill at the end, yeah. (laughs) But the piper piped you up the hill? Uh, They used to have a piper on that hill. No, I I think I had the headphones in and just gave her... (laughs) So I've never, and, and I, I was part of the running club years ago, I think on a fun run, we might have done 9K. So that's okay. the max I've done. But in preparation for this, uh, let's see, exactly one week ago, no, sorry, just over a week ago, I decided let's test out, see where I am. And I ran 7K on a flat surface, and I was surprised that I, I wasn't that winded. By the time I finished. So on the weekend, I did nine and a half K with a little elevation change on some of the trails. And honestly, that uh, was the longest I think I've ever ran in my life. And I seem to be okay. Good for you. Love it. So again, that foundation, I think you walking to and from work, yep. you know, I would believe that your mechanics are probably very sound. And the fact that you have a foundation, a base of aerobic fitness that allows you to progress. Next phase, we've got to make sure that your progressions aren't too much. To go from 5K to 7K to 9K, the general recommendation in the cardiovascular world is no more than 10% per week. So if you ran a total of 9 plus 7, 16K last week, we don't want to add in more than 1.6 next week. 
Uh, okay. Right? And so it's just a way for us to quantify and give a metric around your plan. Do you have a date for your half marathon? No. Now, this is what I wanted to talk to you about because I'm seeing online anywhere between like you should train for eight weeks or 13 weeks leading up to it. So what's best in your opinion? Well, again, you've got a foundation. So if you came from scratch, I'd say 12 to 16 weeks, right? I mean, again, if someone isn't walking or running regularly already, then to jump into it headfirst is, is tough on bodies and I end up having to fix your knees and your hips. <laughs> I mean, help fix them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think for you, I'd probably say an eight to 12 week program. I like 12 weeks because it breaks it into blocks. And what we do is we'd sit down and we lay out, here's your couple basic runs. And then the one message always to covet the long run. So you have one long run per week that builds towards your half marathon, right? So right now you're at 9.7. Yeah. So next week we might go a week from today and we might go 10, 10.5, depending on what you did for your other runs. Okay. But the old days, like I come 30 years of doing this, you know, the amount of mileage that was logged and the amount of hip replacement scene guys were running five six times a week they were logging huge mileage i mean the end of the day you're doing this for your health I assume. I always say health first. Yeah. If you're not, if it's just for ego, well, then you go ahead, beat yourself up. doesn't matter to me. But if you're doing it for health, then we have to stick to some things like progressions, like making sure that our mechanics are sound and making sure that we're smart about our movement patterns. Okay. Well, let's talk about that because anybody can run, but can we do that the wrong way? Yeah. So again, you know, the last 30 years in the running industry has been dominated by a very big heel lift, right? The, the, uh, analysis by the shoe companies are, you know, we're, we're done on treadmills with the big, in fact, I'm wearing a pair today just to kind of demonstrate that huge heel pad on the back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some anthropologists have come along and sort of said, I'm not, we're not sure that that's how we were meant to run. Um, by having a huge heel pad, we actually encourage a what's called a heel plant. So as we're running, we actually plant the heel and it drives a braking system all the way up the kinetic chain. Compressive forces and all that neat stuff. So one of the thought processes for the last probably 10 or 15 years is to shorten that stride. Don't heel plant. It's a midfoot strike. So you land kind of on the ball of your foot and you have more turnover per minute. Okay. So you're basically more of a front foot running um, instead of that heel strike, heel strike, heel strike. The data from the heel strike is that seven to eight times your body weight on every impact and two to three times your body weight on every push up, push off rather. And that obviously... 80 to 100 strides per minute, that's a whole lot of pounding with that heel strike mechanics versus the midfoot landing, it, it changes things significantly. Tell me how you're running now. Are you clunky, loud? I don't think so. I was trying to do more of a, on the ball, the ball of my foot. You. That's midfoot strike. So good. So you've been reading some good stuff. Yeah, I read that before because it's been a while uh, before last week since I had done a run. So mm -hmm. kind of just did a quick refresher on the internet. Looks like I didn't get bad information nope. from that Google search. The, the challenge is, is if someone like me is old and has run heel strike for their entire career to switch quickly to this midfoot is going to be tough on the Achilles and the calves and such, yeah. right? So there's always that thought process around if you've been doing something for a bunch of years, then we're not going to drastically change any thing we might do one of your short runs with a midfoot strike the rest is normal and we gradually try to increase your mileage with the less impactful pattern that brings us to shoes how important is shoes in something like this training and for the big day 
Well, again, the whole footwear industry has convinced us that we need these massive heel pads. And uh, I think you were on the right track of saying, do I, should I just have a good comfortable shoe that what we call a zero drop? So there isn't an heel elevation um, because that does change the mechanics. It it puts more pressure through that uh, big toe. It puts more pressure through the whole body. So shoe footwear is a whole, you know, I could get in trouble from Nike. They might sue me if I say never, never put a heel pad on but but the reality is yeah there's definitely a huge movement towards running a comfortable shoe that doesn't have a huge heel on them. okay which i think i have right now so that's good uh one other thing i wanted to touch on was how much does your mind play into a long run <laughs> psychology trumps physiology every time it does in a weight room in getting into a room and going through a run um the challenge is, is, is it just boredom or is it your body actually telling you that you should stop running and walk a little bit? Okay. Right? Because I do have seen my share of people who their mindset is to run through the pain. And that is a huge element in the running culture. Uh, in the rehabilitation side, we see where that's catastrophic. Up to 70% of runners in one year will be injured. So that's seven out of 10 people are going to have to seek you know, help. I'm going to suggest that I don't want to see you for help, Steve. I want to see you in here bragging to me how well you're yeah. having earth I want. So when we talk about the mental side, if it's boredom, you bet. Fight that. Focus on the birds. If it's pain, then that's the body telling you something, which is where I absolutely encourage people, give yourself permission to walk. So in our Learn to Run programs at the Y, we borrowed from uh, Ron Bain out of Lethbridge, ran Runner's Soul for years, excellent, excellent teacher. Um, He broke all of his running, Learn to Run, into walking segments. So five-minute blocks, you would walk for four minutes, run for one, right? And you'd do that four times for a 20-minute run. Then the next week, you would do run for two minutes, walk for three minutes, and then three, two, and then four, one, and then five, one. And I even now, you know, that... Every 10 minutes, walk for a minute. That walking stride encourages blood flow through the hips, where a running stride is a shorter gait pattern, especially if you're uh, midfoot striking. So having a nice long walking stride allows you to dial down, listen to your body signals every 10 minutes, and pick up at at least better than the pace that you were doing. I've done this for races in years, uh, and it I, I love it. When you pass the person who goes, oh, he's walking, he's done, and you actually feel better at the end of the race... So the old, in marathon days, would always walk through your water stations, take the time, let the hips breathe, stretch the hips out, and then you start running again. It's a beautiful thing. So in the mind over matter game, if there's pain, walk for a minute and see if you can dial down the pain, see if it stretches out. If it doesn't, then there's a message there. Okay. You just answered another one of my questions, which was, there's no shame in walking because I certainly wanted to try and do this 21K straight run, but so there's no shame in walking. And in fact, you might even encourage that. I encourage it. I yeah. absolutely do. I just see too much benefit out of that longer hip gait pattern uh, to ignore it. Walking's good. Walking is fundamental to our movement. Yeah. We, are, we darn well better be good at it. Is uh, nipple chafing going to be a problem? Uh, 21K, it uh, depends how cool <laughs> it is. Uh, but I've seen my share. You know, you sit at the end of races and you see a lot of bloody shirts coming across the line. Oh, no. So don't wear, you know, those old football, those half shirts we used to wear back in the 80s. Uh, oh. Don't wear those, you know. Uh, yeah, 21K, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at a couple of hours, right? So a 10K yep. for most people, 45 to an hour. Uh, 21K, you're looking at two hours plus, depending yeah. on your speed. So, Yeah. Prepare for stuff, you know, little Vaseline goes a long way in a running, you know, in chafing points, let's just say that. 
Uh, you mentioned the injury, sir. Nipple chafing could be considered an injury. <laughs> but you said seven out of ten runners will be injured in the year. So if you Google it, it'll go anywhere from 40% of runners to 80% of runners. The one that I pulled up that is a trusted resource, uh, up to 70%. So, And again, that really comes down to not allowing yourself to walk or running through pain. That that culture of, you know, oh, the first case is supposed to hurt is absolutely wrong, fundamentally wrong. If your first K hurts, you're not ready to run yet. Yeah, okay. It means, you know, d- do you do a dynamic warm-up? Do you get the hips and knees ready to run? Do you do some ankle stretches? Do you, do you get the body ready and prepared for the impact that you're going to put it through? If you don't, first thing, you're going to warm up first, right? Yeah. Even walk. Walk for the first kilometer. Stretch Absolutely. the hips. Do some lateral walking, you know, side shuffles, karaoke's, that stuff to kind of say, hey, body, we're going to do some stuff now. Mm-hmm. And then you pick up your light jog uh, and then, you know, run. <laughs> okay. So what kind of, what's the common injuries? Hamstrings and things like that? Knees, uh, because all those soft tissues run through the knees. The knee is the most commonly injured in running, again, because we ignore it. But the injury actually can come from the ankle. So if you have flat feet and you're not supporting those feet and your gait pattern is, is toe walking, you're going to bug your knee. If your hips are tight, you're going to bug your knee. So, you know, again, we really, really talk about uh, the dynamic warm-up prior and then the static stretch post or even targeted static stretching prior. So if, if you and I do an assessment today and I find that Steve has super tight quads and you go run with those, your patellar tendon is going to get driven back into the knee. You're going to have knee pain. Patellar tendonitis is common. So buying some slack for the muscles is vitally important. And again, in a younger guy, uh, 20... (laughs) (laughs) Mid-30s. Mid-30s. See, that was good. I guessed on the low side. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Is, you know, you've got a little more resiliency than a guy my age. So some of the middle-aged guys that we get running again, we do a whole lot more intense... Uh, get prepared to run, right? Okay. Are you ready to run? If you've got good mechanics, then great. If you don't, then we got to work on that. Interesting stuff. And I find that 7 out of 10 stat just, I, I never would have thought it would have been that high. So Those of us that have run through the 70s and 80s and 90s, you see it. You see people dropping off. And the guys that used to log those big miles, they're all knee replacements and hip replacements. My goodness. It's sad. It's sad. Again, that was the culture of run through the pain. The culture now, God, I hope, are we not running to improve our health? If we are, then let's pay attention to it. Good advice. I have one more question before I let you fill in the blanks on anything anything we missed. (laughs) Is there any truth to the saying, don't trust a fart after mile 10? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Only the hard-hitting questions here. Oh, I love it. This is hard. So I can tell you that in the uh, Banff Jasper relay that I ran the 21K, the first leg, uh, I did see a lot of people darting into the bush at a certain point. (laughs) So... Diet, you know, learning what your body handles well prior to an athletic event that's going to take two and a half hours is vital. So during your training, you're going to experiment with what is an anchor that holds your guts together <laughs> versus what is uh, something that flushes through. Does that make sense? So not a lot of fiber the night before is what you're saying. <laughs> careful. Be careful. Yeah. For, I used to adventure race, right? So we did the same thing. It'd be six 12, 30, 36 hour events we did. And so the, the food side of things is absolutely vital to being an athlete. Yeah. So you've got to experiment in your training to make sure you know what holds you together versus <laughs> loosens yep. you up. Fair enough. <laughs> and we always hear about the carb loading the night before, like the big plate of spaghetti. Is there any truth to that? Uh, I'm a beer guy. I mean, uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> that'll make a race interesting. Well, again, the whole nutrition field, that massive big ship has turned a little bit. You know, the fear was always the protein isn't your driving fuel during races. So, you know, we got to get more carbs. I, 
I think in long distance stuff, the carb is still your, well, fat and carbs are your primary fuel source. Don't worry, you've got enough fat already uh, to use as a fuel. But it's that carbohydrate availability. So carboning the night before, realistically, it's the three weeks before. What is your regular diet? Is the carbohydrate going to be available in the system? Or are you, uh, you know, hardcore... Uh, no carbs, in which case it won't be available. So, you know, the, the, the night before, really the effects are pretty minimal. Okay. But just don't drink a whole bunch of beer. <laughs> Speaking from experience, <laughs> it looks like. Maybe the Banff Jasper Relay. It yeah. wasn't my fastest race, put it that way. Were you way. darting in the bush there too? <laughs> so, okay, I'll let you uh, fill in any blanks here. Is there anything we missed or I should know in preparation for a half marathon? Well, I just think the idea, I, no, I think we did cover it. I think uh, progression. So that 10% per week, um, I okay. think give yourself a permission to walk because it's healthy uh, throughout your run. Um, listen to your body signals. Don't change your elements too much. I actually prefer cross-country running. I think the repetitive flat surface running over and over with the same jank, joint, same angle over and over, you're better off doing the odd hill. You're better off out at... Uh, Kin Cooley doing some yep. grass, you know, that, that idea of repetitive impact, same joint, same angle, I do see as more injurious, injurious than some cross country running. I do remember for one of the Rattler runs, I trained forever just on a treadmill. <laughs> and then the day oh. of the race, it was cloudy, windy, and a little bit of rain. And it just threw me for such a loop. I thought I was going to just win this race. And, oh, <laughs> Mid to uh, last place, somewhere in there, I don't remember. But. Yeah, the treadmill is a great tool for training. The reality is the earth doesn't move like a treadmill moves. It, it does the push-off phase for you. So a completely different element, and generally calves and, and uh, Achilles will tighten up if you've been yeah. a treadmill runner and all of a sudden you're on the, on the real world. Okay. And I'll give you a chance here to uh, plug your own podcast, Styles and Giles. Styles and Giles. One of the guys who used to work here up here with me, a CanFit Pro uh, graduate, uh, excellent, passionate enthusiast. He had lots of back pain, and uh, he credits me with fixing him. I credit him with listening to myself and the other therapists involved. And so he absolutely wants to uh, let the world know that you don't have to give up on your life just because you're in pain. There's lots you can do. And so our focus is on health first. So every podcast is, you know, one day we'll talk about fat loss one day we'll talk about uh, running one day we'll talk about helping your back pain and all of it with that primary focus of we care about your health before your rippling abdominal six-pack which by the way uh, most people cheat to get there we're not about cheating we're about staying healthy doing the work and where can people find that uh, yeah, I don't even know. Spot, whatever your podcast thing is, yeah, Google just Styles and Giles. This is he's the brains behind the operation. I'm the guy that talks about the fitness. Before I left Ed's office, he performed a quick mechanical assessment on me, and luckily I hit the record button because we touched on another important topic. So hands up front for balance. Sit in your chair. Give me five squats as far as you can comfortably. So your knees are tracking straight, your hips are tracking straight. So those two things right away, see, there isn't a lot of torque in your hips. The toes aren't turning out greatly. You've got, you know, so 10 degrees we can get away with. So boom, baby, you got good squat mechanics. Um, next would be just feet together and then hinge at the hips towards your toes, slow and controlled as far as you can comfortably. And where are you feeling? Is that hamstring predominantly? As long as it's not low back, I'm happy. Good. Yeah, just feel it on the hands. Come on up. Um, and then a plank, really, you know, people think, oh, plank is just to make me suffer. Plank is to monitor your posture okay. integrity. So give me a plank. Pain oh, range. God. Ankles to ears, nice straight line. So, bang, you've got a fantastic, Steve has a fantastic plank, folks. <laughs> really? So really, so earlobe, shoulder, hip, knee and ankle are a straight line. Beautiful. 
hold it for another 10 minutes and you're good. <laughs> you can rest, come out of there. So really, mechanically, again, you're, you're fine. This is why you're not hurting after a 9K run a whole lot. But then let's just take seriously. So what I would do with you is I sit down, we clock out 12 weeks from today. Every weekend we add, you know, one kilometer one or a little bit more to each of those runs. Gotcha. Right? And then the two other runs, minimum. I'm so a, a three-a-week, basically? I'm a three-a-week guy. If you want to do more, so there's some thought process. Running F4 is not going to kill you, but again, I look at the impact stats, and I kind of go, I'd rather you go for a bike ride or spend some time with your kid or, yeah. you know, movement. Okay. Movement. So, yeah, so Monday is a 5K. Uh, Thursday is a 7K, but maybe it's a little bit faster. Saturday, Sunday is your long run. Yeah. Covet the long run. And that's the one we lay out to say, eh, these are really good quality and easy on the body mileage. You're maintaining a base and maybe you're picking your speed up a little bit. Okay. This is the distance. This is where we're building that stamina, your body's ability to withstand repeated foot strikes over and over, over time. And we gradually build that so that the joints, the tendons and ligaments are trained for that. And uh, is it true you don't have to actually run the 21 kilometers before you get to the race? Thank you. Actually, thank you. Yeah, the amount of marathoners that I saw couldn't compete race day because they beat the crap out of themselves the two weeks before that to try to... It's like you've got 5K in you. By the time you get, you know, 8, 10, 12 weeks of training, you've got that time. Okay. If you can do an hour and a half, you've got another half hour in your tank. Okay. So I absolutely agree. You don't have to run your half K or your half marathon prior to the half marathon. Because I probably won't. Now I had a pretty good idea of what needed to be done in order to complete this half marathon. I decided every Sunday would be my long run. And so began several weeks of pain. I wasn't planning on making a recording after this run, but I just felt compelled to. I just finished 10 and a half K in an hour and six minutes. It's been, it's been three days since my interview with, with Ed. So based on his progression advice, I added that extra kilometer, which included a lot of elevation change, including one huge ass hill in there. So as mentioned, an hour and six minutes for 10 and a half kilometers. And honestly, at this point, I, uh, I couldn't imagine running uh, anymore. So I basically just did half of a half marathon. And oh, the thought of another 10 and a half kilometers, it's, there's just no way it's gonna happen right now. I mean, uh, now that I've slowed down, I can feel it in my quads, uh, but while running, I mean, my knees were hurting, not in a in an injured kind of way, but I can definitely tell that I've pushed it to, or pushed them beyond anything I've ever done before, but it's just, there, there's gonna be a, a lot of work needed if I'm gonna do uh, a half marathon sometime in the next seven weeks. On that note, I guess I kind of pinpointed May 2nd. Today is March 21st. I have uh, pinpointed May 2nd as the date of the half marathon, which is my 36th birthday. So, just to fill you in on that. Okay, I'm gonna go slowly make my way home. <laughs>
Today is March 28th, 12 kilometer run in one hour, 12 minutes and 55 seconds. Let's just say the lungs were good, but I had to convince my legs to keep going. April 4th, Easter Sunday, 13 and a half kilometers in one hour, 24 minutes, 35 seconds. Pushed it at the end after a couple of big hills. Legs a little sore, but you know, I'm, I'm surprised how good I feel right now. April 11th, 15 kilometers in one hour, 40 minutes, 24 seconds. 15 kilometers, you know, just a month ago, running that straight seemed like a pipe dream, but I've done it. However, looking ahead to 21 kilometers in just a few weeks time, right now, that seems like a pipe dream. April 18th, yesterday, it was a gorgeous day. Sunshine, 20 degrees. I was working in the yard, actually got a bit of a sunburn. Today, plus one with snow. I did a shorter run, didn't time it, but here's a lesson in commitment. Most people probably would have looked out the window today and said, yeah, that's not running conditions. However, I did make a commitment that I would run every Sunday in preparation for this half marathon. So I put on layers, including winter jacket and winter gloves and went for a 10K run. April 25th, just finished 17 kilometers in one hour, 52 minutes, 26 seconds. Now, full disclosure, by far the toughest I've done so far. And I think I can chalk that up to a couple of decisions that I've made the past couple of days. Two days ago, I had a real craving for pancakes. I don't want to know how many carbs were in there, 100 plus. Anyway, I totally felt that yesterday morning I was hurting. And then there was some uh, meat stuffed buns that showed up yesterday, some pizza, some french fries, and some ice cream. So I've made some poor food decisions the last couple of days, and I really felt it today in the run, in my joints. I had to really uh, push through it and convince myself to not give up. Like it was, it was tough out there today. So, oh, and I, I didn't do my usual uh, pre-workout apple and protein mix uh, because I had all that junk the last couple days. So I didn't do my normal routine going into the run, which probably affected things as well. So probably not a good idea to start really mixing things up the week before I do the actual run. After six weeks of training, I felt I was ready to run the half marathon. The route I picked starts on a secondary highway just outside the city. I'd run about 10k into Echo Dale Regional Park, then around the entire perimeter of the park, finishing the last six kilometers or so on a trail that had a lot of ups and downs to it. So let's pick up the action on May 2nd, 2021, my 36th birthday. My wife and kids just dropped me off on the side of the highway and left me. Funny reminiscing on some birthdays past how this day was usually set aside for an excuse to get completely hammered, completely drunk, and I guess as I've gotten older and wiser, 
I'm taking this opportunity to explore new avenues, try something I've never done before, so happy birthday, Steve. I just passed the halfway mark. Uh, everything is going pretty good so far, but I'm having somewhat of a battle with my mind. My mind keeps telling me, hey, you put in a, a lot of hard work to get to this point, so you know, you could take it easy if you want to. Maybe go for a little walk or something like that. Uh, but I know my body has a, a lot more left in the tank, so I just have to ignore my mind at this point and uh, got a, a bit of an adrenaline rush not that long ago when I was running past a house full of acreage a big black dog started barking and ran after me down the road I wasn't sure what was gonna happen did did scare me a little bit won't lie I think I just hit the 17 kilometer mark, but to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm 83% sure I took, I came to a fork in the road. I'm pretty sure I took the wrong way and added a kilometer straight uphill before I got back on the path I was supposed to be on. So there's a good chance I'm over 17 kilometers right now, but uh, nonetheless, I'm now into uncharted territory. This is the furthest I've ever ran. I did stop briefly to check Google Maps as I was at that fork in the road, uh, but couldn't get a solid answer. Uh, so that stop and two bathroom breaks on the highway. Other than that, I have been running continuously. I don't I'm not sure how close I am to the finish line. Probably a couple of kilometers, but... Uh, I started pushing it a little more after that 17 kilometer mark and you don't know how how bad I just want to quit right now stop and walk the rest of the way but you know I can almost see the finish line and there's no point right now in just walking it in I'm gonna push through probably 2k left I don't know oh. Holy hell, I just finished my first ever half marathon. Uh, you don't know how incredibly difficult those last couple of kilometers were and I was really trying to push it. I could see the end in sight and I just wanted to get this thing done. Uh, my clock says two hours, 15 minutes, 16 seconds. However, I forgot to hit start when I first began running on the highway, so I'm gonna tack another minute onto that. So let's say two hours, 16 minutes for a half marathon. You know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that time. I, I just, I can't believe it to go from where I was two months ago, having never run more than, you know, nine and a half kilometers or whatever it was to, you know, fast forward eight weeks and to run a half marathon in a pretty decent time. It's just incredible. Welcome back to HQ. Once again, joined by Dave Crookshank. Hey. It was exactly, almost to the minute, exactly seven weeks ago, we sat here and I said, Dave, I'm going to run a half marathon. Didn't know how this was going to pan out. So in the last seven weeks, can you tell us how many kilometers you have run? Uh, okay, so my 
chair to the fridge and back, that would be 20 times a day. And then from here, at the office to the fridge, that I have no idea. Is, is that about a, 100 miles, I think. <laughs> Probably. Is that a run or you uh, a leisurely walk? Depending on how empty my beer is. And most of the time, the 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 journey towards the fridge is unladen and then coming back it's laden. So the, the, uh, the second leg of my journey is always heavier. Sometimes I envy you, man. <laughs> so I just did some rough, some rough calculations and the best I can figure in the last seven weeks, I've logged 130 kilometers wow. of running, which oh, I'm certainly feeling it today. So I did run the half marathon two days ago. Fantastic. And you survived. I survived. You know what? Yesterday, it really hit me though. The day after I ran the half marathon, it was probably 10, 11 o'clock in the morning when all of a sudden the fatigue actually just hit me. That's when I really felt it the most. Today, I'm doing better. Here's one thing I'm I'm going to say. If you're going to run a half marathon on your own, Make sure that you know the route that you're taking, okay? <laughs> Don't get lost. <laughs> so when we originally talked about the idea, uh, I thought I was going to be running from a little town just down the road, uh, you know, 21 kilometers down the highway into Medicine Hat. Well, that changed. I picked my route uh, kind of on a secondary highway through one of our regional parks and uh, finishing on a trail. Uh, but I, I didn't really scope out the path beforehand so i came to a fork in the road as i just got onto the trail and i had a choice to make do i go left do i go right i decided to go right you and, went the wrong and that way. was the wrong way so <laughs> i ended up adding 0.4 kilometers to my run and i should mention that 0.4 kilometers was straight uphill so i oh. made it even more difficult than it had to be so you did a marathon plus. You, plus. That was, that was the bonus track at the exactly. end. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And the other thing I have to say, uh, I have to give a tip of the cap to, to the ladies out there because I don't know if I'm just hydrated or if I have a weak bladder, but the bathroom breaks when I'm doing these long runs, like it was affecting me when I was training, but even on, on, on race day, I had to stop twice on the highway to relieve myself <laughs> i hope nobody saw you i strategically picked trees and moments when there were no cars <laughs> going by but ladies if you're out there running a half marathon or a full marathon and you have to go like uh, what do you do i'm lucky enough that i just <laughs> went on the side of the highway but all it's- in all i am uh, amazed at the capabilities of the the human body the thought of running 21 straight just baffled me. I can't even fathom it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't either, but, you know, I had the plan, stuck to the training, and I stuck with it, I think, is the key. And it was uncomfortable. Like, this whole journey was every week getting out of my comfort zone, adding another kilometer, feeling the pain. I used to have a bicycle route uh, when I lived in Calgary, and and my route was kind of downhill towards work. I'd ride every day. Mm-hmm. It was downhill towards work. That was easy. But then coming home, it was, it was uphill yep. every way. And, and the only way I survived it was to make micro goals for myself. Okay. I'm going to get to this stop sign 
Now I get to this stop sign. Okay, now I'm going to get to this yield sign. And I push to this yield sign. Okay, now I now I move to this mailbox yeah. or whatever. And I always had micro goals until I got to the top of the hill. I think that's a good way to sum up the training is micro goals because started out doing nine and a half K add a little more next time. You know, if I can just get to the 10 and a half K mark, you know, then I'll be good next week. If I can just get to the 12 and then the 15 and you know, that's what really got me through. Yeah. Having those micro goals leading up to the big run. So I feel confident that I can continue the training and move on to the next best thing, but I'm just amazed that I I'm able to get to this point. Well, you survived. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. So the comfort zone definitely expanded on this one. And I'm thinking I want to take it even further. What that's going to look like, I don't know, but I think there's more, uh, maybe a part two to this episode. So that was a marathon. Half marathon. That was a half marathon. So obviously the next logical step is the full marathon. Full marathon and beyond. We'll the see. Double marathon. <laughs> Well, there's those Ironmans that are like, a, oh, I think they're like a hundred yeah. miles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In a specific amount of time, hundred miles in. I think some of them you have like a day to complete it or wow. until you collapse. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm definitely interested in pushing my body further than where I'm already at. So. Well, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of you. Level up. Yeah. Amazing. Level up. Woohoo! Zone Chronicles is a plugged-in media production hosted by Steve Krizak, edited and directed by Dave Crookshank. Executive producer is Rob Payton. To reach out, please contact us at ComfortZoneChronicles.com or on Facebook at ComfortZoneChronicles. Check out our other great podcasts at PyMediaNetwork.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. 